You're listening to Flourish Weekly with Pastor Jen. We know you'll be encouraged by today's talk. Hey, y'all, welcome back to Flourish Weekly. Thank you for being here. You know, there are so many things you could be listening to right now. I know there's so much that you could be doing with your time. And so it just means the world to me that you are tuning in week after week and listening, reaching out to me through Instagram and Facebook and letting me hear from you. Um, I love hearing your stories. I love hearing um, that God's speaking to you and encouraging you. And I also have enjoyed hearing some of the topics that you'd like for me to talk about. Um, Last week was so much fun with Pastor. Pastor Matt, he did such a great job, and we we all gleaned from his wisdom. Um, and so, if you haven't had a chance to listen to last week's episode, Marriage Basics with Matt and Jen, it's a really fun one. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, I did have a few people ask us to do a part two, um, and so we're we're thinking about it. And we're talking about it, and it might happen soon. So, um, again, thanks for being here tonight. I really want to talk to you about. Um, a subject that's important to me, a subject that is one of the foundations of my life. And um, I really try to make sure that this remains a pillar of my life. Um, some of it comes naturally to me and some of it is, is practiced. Um, and tonight I want to talk to you about generosity. Um, and before I do that, let me just pray and then we'll jump right in. Heavenly Father, I just love you and I trust you. I ask that you would give me the clarity, the wisdom, Um, and the knowledge that I need to communicate the importance of generosity and giving and the way that you've designed us to be as your children. Lord, I just love you and I trust you. I need your wisdom. I need your strength. And I thank you for it, Lord. I love you and I honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. I am super excited to talk to you about generosity because it's really something that has shaped my life and it's something that's changed my life. Um, It's something that I watched and learned from my parents and from my grandparents. Um, But I feel like generosity is something that um, can be learned and can be practiced. And if it's not, um, it can just become more and more dormant to where it doesn't become the norm for our lives. And I really believe that when generosity is the norm for your life, blessing is the norm for your life. Abundance is the, the norm for your life. Um, it's, a, it's a biblical law, and it's a biblical law that is backed up with, um, with um, results. It's backed up with testimonies. It is backed up with, with so many people who are blessed in this life will tell you that they're givers. Um, and so generosity to me isn't just about, you know, giving your money and we can talk about that, but, but generosity to me just begins in the heart. Um, being a generous person, being someone who is generous with their time, generous with their love, generous with their money, um, generous with, um, they're thinking about others. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's a practice of being selfless. It's a practice of, of living outwardly instead of living inwardly. And I think that so many of us struggle with, um, depression and insecurity and anxiety and so many of the other things for one reason or another, either one, we're living so inwardly focused that we've begun to isolate ourselves and focus on ourselves so much um, that then we start to to kind of have like this emotional rot. I hate to even say that, but if you think of the Dead Sea in Israel, um, I had the opportunity of visiting there in 2018, and man, what a sight! But the the Dead Sea is dead because it doesn't have any outflow, um, and so that's how we become emotionally if we don't have any outflow. If we live constantly thinking about ourselves 
inward focused, inward thinking, inward um, talking, just constantly thinking and talking about ourselves, it's not going to be long before we start to have um, emotional um, breakdowns and, and emotional struggles and depression and, and insecurity and unhealthy relationships. But if we start to live outwardly, if we start to focus on other people and, and it, and it takes, it might take practice at first, but when we can really live focusing on pouring out to other people, man, God can really begin to bless us. And it's like this river begins to flow out of us of excitement and joy. And, and, um, man, even the, you know, I, I did a, um, an episode not long ago where I talked about my own experiences with being healed from anxiety and depression and panic attacks. Um, and one of the things that I was very intentional about doing during that time was small acts of kindness for other people because psychiatrists and psychologists and counselors and therapists will tell you that doing something for someone else, doing a loving task for someone else will release dopamine in your, in your brain and, and make you feel good. And God created us to be givers. And so it's a biblical law, but it's also backed up with medical science. And not that we need medical science to back up the word of God. The word of God is true. And the word of God is the law that we live by. And its teachings um, are how we build our foundation for our lives and our, our families and our homes. But man, when we can be giving people, there's like this river that of joy and excitement and hope that starts maybe small. It might just start as a trickle, but eventually it begins to grow and grow and grow. And so the other side of this is that generous people, um, who, people who are naturally givers, people who are naturally the ones who are giving and, um, the ones who are the doers in the relationship, the doers in the family. Sometimes you start to feel a little bit of resentment. Um, you start to feel like, man, I'm always doing for everyone else and no one ever offers, no one ever thinks to help, no one ever, um, you know, does their part. You start to have all of this other negative talk and negative thinking about the family. So then it's like, is your generosity even coming from a good place anymore? Is it even coming from a pure heart anymore? Is Are your motives even pure anymore? And then resentment starts to set in and, and there can be some, some issues with the family and issues with relationships um, there. So in talking about generosity, I I want to talk first and foremost about the heart, but then I also want to talk about the practical side of it um, and how we can balance it and make sure that our motives are right. So let's start by talking about, you know, people who aren't naturally generous, aren't naturally um, givers. Maybe it's just simply that you you weren't taught, you didn't have an example of that. This can also simply be... Um, um, an age thing. And I, I, I don't, I don't think this can be an age thing. I don't think we can blame age for our weaknesses forever, but there are seasons of our lives. We've all been there where we are a little more selfish than others. And we are a little more self-focused. Um, but if you're not someone who's just naturally a generous person, then this is something to be practiced, but it's also something to be dealt with in our hearts. Um, it's, it's, it's deciding to say, you know what, today I'm going to inconvenience myself to love someone else. Um, and I think sometimes we just, maybe it's ignorance and we just don't know what to say and we don't know what to do. Um, if someone in your life is going through, um, the loss of a loved one, they're grieving or they're going through a sickness or they've, um, 
they've just had a hard day or someone that you know has recently had a child or um, you know, different things that we walk through in this life that we all go through at some point in this life. If someone that you know closely is going through one of those things and you don't act and you don't respond, it's either A, because you don't perceive that you have the time, B, you don't know what to do, or C, you're just selfish. And I'd like to think that it's A or B and not C. I'd like to think that it's either you just don't know what to do or you don't perceive you have the time to do it. Um, I'd like to think that it's not that we're just selfish, but the truth of the matter is sometimes we are. Sometimes we are just so self-focused that um, we don't take our calendar out, we don't take our notes out, and schedule in time for others. So let me deal with that one first. Practically speaking, how do you, um, how do you practically, how do you put into practice certain things every week and every month that ensures that you don't start to live a self-focused life, um, and that you're you're not you know <laughs> locking in selfish a selfish attitude or selfish way of living because nobody wants to live that way selfish living is miserable nobody wants to live that way so how do we get up how do we lift up our heads out of that trap and start looking around and meeting the needs of others i would say be intentional like i just said get out your calendar for the week and just write one one 30 minute 30 minute um Um, block into your calendar. Just write it in there and say, I'm going to spend 30 minutes. I'm going to call someone who who recently um, lost their loved one, or I'm going to send a gift card over. I'm going to cook a meal for someone. Now, um, one of the things that I love to say about generosity is see a need and meet a need. It's really simple. I I want to be a person who sees a need and responds and takes action. I don't want to be a person who sees a need and thinks somebody else will meet that need. Um, and I, I can, we can get ourselves in trouble by overdoing it to the fact, to the point where other people are taking advantage and we burn out. And so we do have to be careful. Look, I did two whole episodes on self-care. We do have to take time for ourselves and we do have to have boundaries and we do have to care about ourselves. But today, this is the other side of the coin. This is where we say, you know what, I'm going to spend... Um, a lot of my time caring for other people. I'm going to spend a lot of my time caring for my spouse, pouring into them, pouring into my children, pouring into the people at work, even taking time to think about and pour into my boss and and my pastors and my leaders. I I try my best to be intentional to not just pour into those who are under my um, influence and, and under my care, but also people who I'm under their care. I do my best to reach out and show love to those that are in authority over me because they need the support and the love too. And, and they're human and they struggle with insecurities and thoughts just like the rest of us do. Um, and so I do my best to show generosity in every different direction, whether it's downward to people who work for me or who are, or are discipled by me. And then directly across to people who are my peers and then up as well to the people who are in authority over me. So see a need, take action, be a person of action and meet that need. Um, and then being intentional and scheduling it in. I've heard so many times in, um, marriage counseling and, and different books and things that I've listened to over the years where, you know, they're talking about building a successful life, building a successful marriage, raising your children, right. And the 
the number one thing that I hear besides building it on the foundation of the word of God and on his truth is, I mean, apart from that, we aren't anything, but in addition to that is being intentional. Um, I'll never forget a pastor that I heard who had raised successful children. Um, they had all gotten married and had their own children. And he was talking about his legacy in, um, in, in ministry and, and in everything. And he said that he made it a point to spend 15 minutes alone with each of his children every day. And he had, I think he had five or six kids. And so he was very intentional every day to put that into his schedule, that that child would have his undivided attention and that child would have his focus. So intention, intentionality is one of the number one things that I would say. So, um, so let's go back to those other two possibilities is we talked about, you know, it's possible that you're just selfish, but what about the other two? Number one, or, or a, as I said earlier, is that you just maybe don't know what to do. Um, so I'll just give you some practical ideas on, on what to do and how to care for people. Um, you know, my, my biggest advice would be the, as soon as you hear something, as soon as you get a text or a phone call, or you get word that somebody is um, in the hospital or they've lost a loved one, as soon as that happens, do your best to take action right then. Because what happens is, is we get busy. Life is full of distractions. I'm guilty of this. I'm probably the most guilty of this because if I don't take action pretty quickly, um, life starts to take, take, take its toll and I have distractions and I have um, things that I have to do. My life is, is busy. Um, and so I try to take either, either I try to take action immediately or I try to pull out my schedule right then and schedule something in. You know, if I can't make a meal right away, I'll put it in my schedule for Monday. Um, and if I can't make a meal at all, I'll schedule in a DoorDash delivery. Um, so here are some just basic practical things that you can do. Cause I think sometimes we just don't know. Um, I know I didn't know until I went through a season of loss and not just a season of loss, but, um, the season before we lost my mother-in-law when she was sick. Um, I was in the hospital a lot with her. Well, we were in the hospital a lot with her. We went through a lot with her. And so in those times, I, it's like, I learned what we needed and what really helped. And now I've been able to use that in, trying my best to love others and be generous to others when they're going through hard times. And so what are some really, you know, what are some things that, that people need? Um, number one, don't, it's okay to text and say, I love you. I'm praying for you. If you need anything, I'm available. That is a great text just to let them know that you love them and that you're aware of what they're going through. Um, and that you are available if they need you. That's a good text, but a better text would be, Hey, um, I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm available tomorrow between 12 and three. I can run errands for you, pick up the kids, um, tidy up the house, do some laundry or bring you a meal. Let me know which of these would help. And what that does for someone who's going through tragedy or hardship or a stressful situation is it takes the pressure off of them to think about what it is that they need. And it gives them some suggestions of things that they're probably not even thinking about that they need because they all they are is focused on the situation and what they're going through. They're focused on their loved one. They're focused on, you know, the sickness or just trying to get well or trying to get better. And then not only that, but the finances and all the other stress that goes into something like that. So, um, send a text that gives a specific, um, a specific 
you know, idea of what you can do for them and what time you're available to do that. And it's okay for you to not just offer up your whole life and say, you know, in an, in an absolute tragedy with a close, a close loved one, your whole life is going to be put on hold. But that's not what we're talking about. Right now we're talking about you saying, obviously I can't put my whole life on hold. I have my own family. I have my own career. I have my own children. But this is what I can offer. And these are the hours that I'm available to do it. Now for someone who's grieving, like um, if someone has lost their spouse um, or someone has lost a child or someone's been through a tragic death in the family, my recommendation with that is to, um, it's like let them know that you are there but don't be, um, and I think this is, I think this is what so many people get into. We don't want to be, we don't want to be overwhelming. We don't want to be in their face. We don't want to be pushy. So then it's like, we don't do anything. We don't know what to do. So we don't do anything. We're uncomfortable with the situation. So we don't do anything. And that's, um, it's just not really the mature way to respond to someone's struggles. A mature way to respond is to say, Hey, I don't know. You, I don't know what to say. Um, but I want you to know that I love you. I don't know what you need exactly, but I want you to know that I'm here. Sometimes you don't have to know what to do. You don't have to know what to say, but just knowing that you're there. Um, I, whenever I went through my struggle with panic attacks and, um, debilitating anxiety and depression and the struggle that I went through, I just, every once in a while, just needed to hear from someone saying, um, I'm, I'm praying for you and I'm available. I'm here. I love you. And I didn't always respond. And I know that can be frustrating for the person who's trying to be there and trying to love. But think about this. If we're acting, if we're practicing generosity, then it's not about the response that we're going to get because it's not about us. It's about them. It's about how can I love you through this? How can I show you that you are loved and that you're not alone? Because that's really what people need when we go through hard times. At the end of the day, we just need to know you love us. I love you and you're not alone. I'm, I'm loved and I'm not alone. Those are two of the main things that we need to know because we can get very frazzled and stressed in those situations and start to feel very alone. Um, so um, another thing that I would suggest is just, especially someone who's, who's going through deep grief is just offer to go sit with them, show up with a book and not even necessarily say much, but just say, Hey, I'm going to come sit with you today. Um, maybe I'll run a load of laundry for you and I'll just sit with you and I'll, I'll sit quietly nearby. We don't even have to talk. Um, because sometimes people that are grieving, they don't necessarily want to talk. Um, but they do need someone who's just in the same house and they're not completely alone. Um, so that's another idea. Um, what else we, we can send, um, gift cards, gift cards are amazing. Technology is amazing. We can send a Starbucks gift card over text now. I mean, like how easy is that? How long, how, how much time does that take and how hard is it to send a 10, a $10, $5 Starbucks card that just says, I love you. I'm thinking about you today. And you know, when we're talking about generosity, I, I really want to say generosity isn't about the amount that you're giving. It's not about the amount. It's about the heart. It's about the, the consistency. It's about saying, I'm thinking about you. You are on my mind. I'm not just wrapped up in my own world and in my own life, but I'm thinking about you and I'm going to put action to those thoughts. Because it's one thing to think about some, somebody and it's another thing to put action to those thoughts and say, let me show you that I'm thinking about you. So Yes, I have had incredibly generous gifts given to me over the years. 
Um, the Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together and running over shall men give unto you. Um, and that is true in my life. I have seen times where I've given us what I, what was sacrificial for me. And I have seen in return, God have people show up on my doorstep with these incredibly generous gifts. Um, and so yes, generosity is, you know, it can be a, a large gift, but generosity for you might be a $5 Starbucks card and that's okay. Um, I'm reminded of another, just another practical idea on the same, um, the same kind of theme of gift cards is one Christmas I was traveling and I was kind of going through something. And I don't remember if it was when I was grieving or what was going on, but I remember, um, I purposed in my heart, I'm going to put some $5 Starbucks card gift cards in my bag. And while I fly today, I'm going to give these out to people. And you know what? That was one (laughs) That was one of the funnest travel days I've ever had. During the holidays, people are grumpy. People are stressed. It's not that much fun to travel during the holidays. Flights are being delayed. You know, there's you're crammed onto a plane. All this is going on. And I would find somebody that I just would felt feel led and say, here, here you go. Merry Christmas. And you would not believe the look on people's faces. It was just a $5, get $5 coffee. Um, a couple of the flight attendants, I gave them one, a random lady that I was in line with, um, in, in one of the airports. And it, you wouldn't believe the look on people's faces that that little act of generosity does. Um, and what it does, what it did for me, that travel day was so much fun because it was like, I was sprinkling like generosity and love everywhere that I went. And it's, it's true that that, um, the Bible says that it's better to give than to receive. And it, it's true. I, I love gifts. It's one of my love languages. I love to receive gifts. Um, but man, if you'll start to practice this, it gets easier and easier and easier. I had someone recently ask me, man, how do you, how do you know what to do? How is, how has this come does it come naturally to you? And I said, no, it's something that I've learned and practiced, but now it has started to become, it has started to come naturally to me because God's developed that in me and allowed me to, um, to act, to act on it and develop it to where it has started to get easier and easier. So, um, we mentioned earlier that, you know, the, the three different situations, maybe you don't know what to do. Maybe you are just plain selfish, which I don't believe is most of you. I think most of you have very generous hearts. Um, but the last one is maybe you, you perceive that you don't have the time for generosity, or maybe you perceive that you don't have the money for generosity. Um, one of the things that I remember my parents always saying growing up, and I don't remember if it was my dad or if it was my mom. Um, but who knows, you know, they're both so wise. (laughs) Um, but I remember my dad, um, we, I remember we had, we know, we just, we lived a comfortable, um, healthy life. And then my dad started a company. I don't know exactly how old I was and the company became pretty successful. And so over the years we became more and more blessed. And I remember, I don't know if it was my mom or my dad said, I think it was my dad. He said, when you have ones, you give ones. And when you have tens, you give tens. And when you have hundreds, you give hundreds. And when you have thousands, you give thousands. Um, and I think that's just such a perfect example of, you know, not sitting back and thinking, well, I don't have enough. I can't give because I don't have enough. And it's just not true. I mean, 
if you have $10 and you give away $1, you've still got nine. And I'd rather, (laughs) I heard an old time preacher say, I'd rather have $9 blessed than $10 cursed. And not that your your money is going to be cursed if you're not generous. That's a whole other subject that we can get into later about um, tithing and offering and things like that. But um, if we want to live a blessed life, we got to give. The Bible talks about it. I mean, there's so many verses. We could talk about um, the law of sowing and reaping. If you sow generosity, you're going to reap generosity. And some of you might be thinking, man, I sow generosity. and I don't feel like I'm reaping it. The people around me are selfish. Um just keep sowing, just keep praying, just keep being an example, just keep loving. And eventually God's going to send someone in your life. Who's going to be that source of generosity for you as well. Um, but, um, I just really think we have to keep practicing it. Even, even when we don't want to, we have to keep practicing it. So what if we feel like, what if we perceive that, Hey, I don't have time in my schedule. I don't, I've got enough going on. For example, what if you're someone who's got, you know, small children, Um, because that's one of the busiest seasons for any mom. Uh, What if you're a man who's running a business and running crews and, um, you know, your phone is on all the time and you, you just don't have time. Your, your life is extremely busy. Um, I think that's something that we have to sit back and we have to say, my life owns me. I don't own my life. My life is running me. I'm not running my life. And we have to sit down every single week This is a life skill. This is a non-negotiable. This is something that you absolutely have to do is sit down every week with your schedule, with your calendar, and you have to write out the week and plan out your week. And I always talk about this. I need to do an episode on time management and, and life skills because I always talk about creating margins in your schedule. If you're just planning your day from 7 to 8 to 9 to 10 to 11, 12, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, if you're doing that with no margins in your schedule, then you're not going to have time for anything. You're going to be late for everything. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be stressed out. But we have to create these pockets of margins in our schedules where we say, okay, from 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 7 to 12, I'm in meetings, I'm busy, I'm taking care of tasks. But from 12 to 1, I'm going to stop and I'm going to have lunch. And then allow a margin in there of 30 minutes before you get back to work. And what does that do? Well, that just simply allows for things that come up. Like if someone texts you and has a need, then you have a margin in your schedule that you can say, I can't right now, but I can today at 1.30. I can today at 2 o'clock. I can tomorrow or Thursday. But if you don't have a, a plan for your week, if you don't have a, um, a vision for your week, then things are going to come up and you are gonna, not going to have any idea what tomorrow holds. You're not going to have any idea where you have cushion in your schedule and you're going to be frustrated. And, and I believe this goes back to a heart thing. So many of us have a heart that wants to help and wants to serve, but we're so busy. And I think it's part of the plan of the enemy to keep us all so busy that we either burn out or we're just absolutely useless to each other and to the, for, for the kingdom of God. I mean, God has not called us to that pace of just being so busy, sun up to sundown, that we never stop to breathe or look each other in the eye. I mean, let's slow down for a minute and let's think about the person next to us and what they're going through. Let's slow down for a minute and, and put our phones away and think about the person next to us who's walking through a, a difficult season and let's think, how can I serve them today? Because generosity, I'm telling you, it is a, it is a pillar, it is a 
foundation. It is a bedrock and it will change your life. And so your homework this week, I'm I'm just going to say this week, have a plan, sit down with your calendar, Sunday night, Saturday night, whatever works for you, plan out your week and write right there, start with your priorities. And I'm going to do an episode on this soon because I'm, 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 I'm feeling that we need to go into depths about this a little more, but write down, Hey, okay. First thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure I take care of my health. For me personally, that's my my four morning mornings of working out. That goes into my schedule first. Of course, I also schedule in my my time with the Lord, my devotion time, my one-on-one time with Him, where I am not preparing a sermon, I am not preparing a podcast, I am not preparing anything. I'm just being in His presence. Um, those are my top two priorities. And then, of course, right then and there, I try to schedule in pockets where I am available in case one of my friends or family need me. I try to write down, you know, who in my family have I not reached out to in a few weeks? Who and who who's going to need a little bit more of my attention this week? Who do I need to to invite over and just listen and hear them talk. Guys, this is how healthy relationships are formed. People want to ask Matt and I, how do you have such a healthy family and marriage? People want to ask me, how do you have such a healthy relationship with your, um, with your in-laws and with, with my friends and different people in my life? Well, it's because of this. It's because of intentional living and making decisions every day. This just doesn't happen and fall out of the sky. It's based on the word of God, but then it's also based on intentional daily, weekly decisions to continue to build those relationships. Now, yes, we need breaks from each other. There are times in my life where I'm like, you know what? I need a break from all y'all. I just need to be by myself (laughs) because I, I need to recharge and that is perfectly okay too. But then we come back and we say, okay, I am fully charged and ready to pour out and I'm ready to give. Um, so if you are struggling, if you're going through a hard time, if you're one of the people right now that's going through a dark season and you feel like your friends aren't reaching out to you, I just want to encourage you. It's probably because they just don't know what to say and they just don't know what to do. And so I would challenge you to send out a text, send a text to one of them, give one of them a quick phone call and just say, Hey, I'm, I'm really sad. It's been hard. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling lonely. I'm struggling. Would you come over today or um, hey, do you mind picking up some milk? We're we're going through a hard time. Do you, you know maybe you've been in and out of the hospital or you've lost a loved one or you're going through grief? It's okay for you to ask for help. That's also how relationships are formed and built, and that gives other people the opportunity to practice generosity. That gives other people the opportunity to love you and to show you kindness. Um, and don't feel guilty for it. Don't be don't be so. Um, I'm trying to choose my words carefully because I don't want to offend anybody, but don't let's not be so proud that we can't ask for help and that we can't let other people show us generosity and love and kindness. So look, I love you so much. Um, I, I hope that you will find some time, find some creativity this week to show generosity, to show love, give and it shall be given unto you. Give of your time, give of your love, give of your affection, give of your money. Dig into that wallet today and just pull out some money and hand it to somebody and tell them, hey, this is for you. Go have lunch on me. I am telling you, the amount of love that you will see on that person's face will light up your soul. It will strengthen you. It'll it'll um, it'll make that day just turn around and feel like that day is full of hope. I promise you, because it's a biblical law. This is how God created us to live: is um, giving 
giving from our excess, giving from what we have to meet the needs of others. So see a need, meet a need, be there for people, love people, show generosity to people. Um, man, you guys, it, it will change your life and it'll change the lives of those around you. Let's just start this, this movement of generosity. Let's just start it in our families and in our friendships. I want you to, when this episode ends, I want you to right now, right as it ends, I want you to do something for someone else, um, with a pure motive, not for what you're going to get back in return, but for them and for their needs to be met. See a need, meet a need. All right. I love you. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you're having a great week. I can't wait to to hear from you. Reach out to me via um, Instagram, Facebook. I love hearing from you. I love hearing your stories. I can't wait to hear um, what you thought of this episode. Talk to you soon. Let's be generous. We're so glad you joined us today on Flourish Weekly. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with a friend and tag us on social media. You can also connect with Pastor Jen on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening.